0: Welcome to Biker Life Radio with Chuck and Deb, heard each Wednesday afternoon on 1490 AM WWPR. And now, here's Chuck and Deb. Hi, I'm Chuck.
1: And Deb.
0: And welcome to Biker Life Radio. We're so truly grateful and thankful that you're joining us
1: today. Hey, we have a fantastic show lined up just for you. Biker Life Radio is for those who ride and those who inspire to ride. We are here to reveal the truth behind the motorcycle mystique and bring real life stories of the biker lifestyle.
0: All right, and we have some sponsors today.
1: Today's show sponsors are Tony and Guy Hairdressing Academy out of Colorado Springs, Colorado, and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So if you are ready to crank up your engines, put your chins in the wind, knees in the breeze, and seats in the saddle, then hang on and let's get rolling.
0: You are in store for a fantastic show today, so we're going to go ahead and kick it off right now, Deb.
1: We are firing on all cylinders today because I am so excited. We have a wonderful guest on today's show. Now, we've known Scott for over seven years, and he's the general manager of Rossiter's Harley-Davidson. Welcome to the show, Scott.
2: Hey, glad to be out. come on the show today guys really appreciate the time glad you're
0: here and uh we we were just talking right before we got started here on the show you know what about you know the weird times we're in and some of the strange things that are going on i know that that Rossiter's itself has has had to do some things in the amidst this this uh COVID 19 uh stuff that's happening and it had to be scott i I would imagine that had to be tough a tough decision for everybody to be able to make
2: well it it was tough in the beginning um But when the uh, president came out with the uh, Paycheck Protection Program, Mm -hmm. uh, it made it really easy for um, Rick and Lori to make the decision to take care of our employees and our customers. Um, I've heard a few uh, rebuttals to that, but ultimately it was our employees were in danger. We had a couple of customers come in that not knowingly (laughs) basically scared everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was kind of the final we're going to just close because we tried to stay open. We tried to limit contact just didn't work after a certain situation, but uh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to open back up on the next week, next uh, Monday. Next month we're gonna go back full staff again. Yeah, right on. Try again with social distancing and arrows on the ground, kind of like Publix. You know, come in, go one way, get out, you know, kind of thing. (laughs) Exactly,
0: (laughs) and you know, and just going back a little bit. I mean, I could imagine being in the dealership there, and somebody coming in with a runny nose, sneezing. You know, they got their tissue, they're blowing their nose, and all this kind of crazy thing going on. I mean, that doesn't make any. You know, that doesn't make things comfortable. Was that something that was going on there, or did you have an incident like that? Or was that we
2: actually had. Um, a customer come in, come to the service counter, ride his bike up, go out to the, the hot dog hut and basically lay down on the picnic bench while my three of my employees were in the same area eating their lunch, proceeding to bring up a lung. Um, oh. and, and it's just at that point we're like we went out and confronted the guy. Basically, what do you think? And what do you do? Oh, I'm on my way to the doctor. I'll be fine. Oh you know, It's just like, OK, so coming into here to get your bike service was much more important than your health. Um, like I said, that was kind of like the final straw for Lori. When some people just don't have enough concern for, for other right. people, yeah. Um,
0: and uh, that, mean, that the was, one thing to
2: bring your bike in, it's just.
0: And I mean, I could see that being clearly is like uh, you know that was I that would be my final straw because I'm a, I'm a little germaphobe germopho- as you may or may not know. So you know when if that was to happen to me, I'd probably be bouncing off the walls, freaking out anyway. So.
1: Well, Chuck, if he was coughing at the store and you were out by the picnic tables, you'd be freaking out. So let alone laying on the picnic tables right beside him. Not quite that bad. But
0: but yeah, those those, those are tough decisions to make. And I like how you responded because I think, uh, because I I wasn't, I just never thought about that, about what the president did to issue that paycheck. And that is very supportive. Unfortunately, right now, we all know what's going on. They run out of money already and they're not moving anything through. And and that could be frustrating to to, to other people and uh, other businesses right now. It's just uh, it's a a crazy world we're living in.
2: Definitely different times. I hope not the norm for much longer. But yeah, it, it is what it is at this point.
1: Right now, you had mentioned that when you guys reopen on Monday, you're going to do things a little bit differently with arrows and all that sort of stuff. You know that outside area can be pretty congregated with lots of bikers just wanting to be social. Or is you know what other measures are you guys planning to do in order to help with this? Because I know that this is changing the way we've done things before, and I'm just curious. You know what other things and measures is the dealership going to do for their employees? Number one, and then the, the the customers as well to make sure that we're all you know still being say
2: Right. Well, I think the number one thing is we're going to ask that customers uh, coming in the store uh, would wear a mask. I get, I saw a report this morning. The number one thing you can do, even if you are sick, you're not protecting yourself. You're protecting everybody else. That's right. Uh, when you do cough in a mask, you don't expel it as far. But again, if somebody walks in with a mask, we're not going to make him get out. It's just we're just going to ask. We're going to remove all the chairs from inside the dealership. Obviously, you could sit on a bike, but we're going to ask you don't sit right next to the guy on the bike. But just certain like that, that picnic area you spoke to. Uh, we do have a lot of picnic benches. But, I mean, if somebody wants to sit next to their wife, we're not going to say don't. Um, <laughs> I take walks. You know, I, I take a walk with my wife all, you know, every night. But right. that's, she and I are the only one that really, you know, are together. So mm-hmm. if she has it, I got it. And that, that's where it ends. Right. right. So we're expecting the outside area would be self-monitored. Um, if we get 20 people out there having a meeting, we're going to ask them to disperse. Um, but no, we're not going to be uh, out there patrolling and yelling at people and just you know respect other people's space. I guess at this point.
0: Yeah, right. I think that's a good way to put it. What was what went into the decision about reopening, Scott? How did how did you guys come about that? If you don't mind me asking.
2: Uh, we've had lots of calls for service. I've been at the store every day. Okay, um, and people are calling, you know, with emergencies, and I'm trying to help who I can help, but without, you know, endangering everybody else. And my number one question is where's the bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they say it's in the garage, well, then it's safe for a That's few days. Right. I'll pick it up, you know, mm-hmm. in, a, in a time, uh, timely fashion. Uh, but I think it just came down. It's been a month. We've got another month worth of paycheck protection, but, um, your people are going stir crazy at this point. Oh, so absolutely. we're going to try to help our employees who are, are still getting paid, but yet, you know, they're going crazy too. Mm-hmm. Um, sure come back to work, get some normalcy going and, you know, limit the amount of people in the store so people can come for a ride and come in, buy a t-shirt, get some grips or whatever are these emergencies now just to help them out.
0: I, I think it's, you know, it's a good idea. It's crucial at this point. And like you said, you guys, the store was closed, but you were open for people who needed certain services and things like that. So that was really good for, for you guys to be able to do that. And, and any emergencies that you can help with, that's really good. And I know that for us, we needed that sense of normalcy. And we actually decided this week that, you know, we haven't been going into work either, but now uh, as of Monday, we've decided, Hey, we're, we're going back at it and we're just just going to start moving forward at this point as well. So I was just a little bit, you know, curious yes. about how you guys went about that because it's, you know, right now we still haven't heard back from the governor and you know what, what he's going to lift. I think we all believe that come May first, you know, we won't be uh, in you know
2: lockdown. I've seen some news articles of you know the lockdown that we're under. I guess the, the stay at home is I and mean, it's been pretty lax. I don't right. I haven't heard any issues, um, and I'm glad it's not a forceful mandate. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Because I think that then you'd have the protests like you have in Washington and wherever else they're protesting to get back to work.
1: Right, absolutely. So I'm glad. I'm, I'm so actually, I am super excited that you guys are opening back up. And yeah, it sounds it is. like it's there was a, a it's lot a good of sign. Very, It's very, a good
0: feeling, actually.
1: There was a lot of very thoughtful processes for your employees, but then <laughs> right. also being sensitive to customers' needs mm-hmm. too, and what they deem as an emergency. And and thank goodness, because if I were on the road out on a ride, I would hope that there would be someone there that I could call and pick up the phone. So kudos to you guys for really stepping up to the Definitely. plate and doing things the right way.
2: Probably yeah. tried. I'm sure it wasn't the right way for everybody, but. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you, you know,
0: how can you make uh, an everybody impossible situation happy. perfect? Right. It's just not it's not something that can right. be done. You just do the best that we can do in, in the time that we have in the situation that we're in. It's <laughs> it's tough times, tough
2: calls. I just I just hope everybody that, you know, was affected by this or us being closed, and, you know, we've had a few comments on Facebook about it, uh, that just remember that the reason we're doing it was to keep everybody safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. And when we do reopen, please. Stop back in business, and, and don't be upset by it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's more like be respectful of what you've done, right. and uh, what you've done not only for the customers but for your employees as well. So that's the way I look at it. I, I we give you much respect for that, and it only made sense to me when I heard about it. So kudos to you. It's a tough decision to make, uh, but somebody's got to make it. Right. You know, somebody's got to do it or we don't move forward.
1: Yeah. Now I do want to shift gears now because I know that what Scott brings to the table, not only in his profession, but in life in general is he is a veteran and we want to thank you for your service. Thank you, Scott. So and that oh, from when we've talked about that, I think that was an early part of your life. So how has that experience as a military veteran brought you to being the general manager now of your Harley Davidson dealership that you're
2: Wow. Veteran to manager. Okay. Um, (laughs) Well, well, I guess the the military portion of it uh, got me involved in motorcycling. I will give the Navy credit for that. Um, When I was stationed in Guantanamo, um, it was restricted duty. You couldn't leave the base. So there was a 15-mile ride from the base to the only beach that we could go to. I don't know that if anybody knows this, but Guantanamo is actually the desert of Cuba. Uh, everybody thinks it's lush tropical uh, rainforest, right. but no, uh, they gave us a rock. So <laughs> thanks, to, thanks to Castro. Yeah, here, guys, take this little island. But it was death and yeah. uh, despair. Uh, the only release was you could go to the beach and you could dive and you could swim. And the only way to get there was a bus or you know whatever transportation you could find. So I ended up picking up a, uh, I think it was a Honda Magna. At the time, and that's when I rode back and forth to the beach. So that was really my first, besides, you know, having the scooter or whatever as a kid, but uh, introduction to motorcycling. That's neat. And then when I got out of there, yeah. But it, it's always been, I, I guess, a dream to have the Harley. Um, <laughs> of course. But I guess the, to answer your question, the military background gave me the uh, structure for uh, attention to detail, I guess, as, uh, you know, lack of a better term. I mean, how do we all get our, you know, what we know, it's just your, your life lessons and what you've taken from it. So there wasn't, I didn't really have a, originally I started as a parts manager just because I, I like the number. I like the organization. I like, you know, I always say my guys, one equals one. So if it says you got one, you better find the one. And I started, you know, I got out of the service and then went to working for um, Nichols Jeep in Venice as a parts person, became parts manager. And then uh, Sarasota Chrysler as the parts manager. And then for right about the Nichols Jeep era, I got my first Harley. I waited uh, 18 months. For my first heritage you ordered it i explored it waited online <laughs> uh it was uh that's that's a whole story for another right. interview we'll, we'll um, bring you back yeah, but that uh one. <laughs> but yeah they uh that's where it, that's where it started and uh, after i met rick and terry and the gang that is even before Lori was here 20 wow twenty some years ago wow 1996 um awesome. was my first harley uh rick kept, you know, every time i come in he obviously you know wants to know his customers so we talked and you know we became friends and parts manager, parts manager. Hey, you, you should come work for me. I said, no, no, Rick, I'm in the car business. It's uh, it's a lucrative business in the car business. Said, no, no, you should come work for me. Years and years. just coming after me. Finally, I said, okay, fine, Rick. All right, I'll come. Um, yeah, he actually got hired um, to open the Manatee River store again as a parts manager. So that's, that's kind of, well, before that it was 15 years, it's almost 15 years now I've been with Rick.
0: That's incredible. Um, that's wonderful. Congratulations
2: on that. Hey, thanks. You know, Yep. They've been here 30 years, I've been here 15, so Thank I guess I get, you know, a little credit for half.
0: Absolutely.
1: That's true, absolutely. And and you stayed on through that transition to Manatee and back to right. Rossiter. So, you know, there's a lot to be said for anyone that's, that just kind of goes through that process because it is truly a make-or-break situation for your career yeah. and, you know, yeah, make choices to, it's a great thing that you guys have stuck or together change. through that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> and I like one of the things that you pointed out, and this actually sort of, to me, it sort of describes you a little bit, Scott, attention to detail. I think, I think that's you a little bit, because you, you brought it up, and as soon as you said it, I was like, yeah, that's Scott. You know, you, you're able to look at bikes, and you see the detail in the bikes, and then you also notice when we're not wearing our Rossiter T-shirts. Mm, yeah, attention to detail for that. Oh, I will. yeah. Well, but we yeah. will have you know that both Deb and I are right now, because I, I don't want to forget, we are wearing our
2: Rossiter shirts right now. We are representing, so you know. that's right.
1: That's, that's
2: awesome. <laughs> And you know and what? I only tease my friends.
1: <laughs> oh, there so, you go. So <laughs> I
2: love it. Don't don't think I'm out there abusing everybody that walks in the store with a <laughs> uh, Jim's Harley Davidson T-shirt right, um, okay. or anybody else. I just I just tease my friends.
0: Well, that is good to know. Well, we're right out, Scott, where we're going to need to take a real quick break. Can you hang in here with us for a few?
2: You got it. I'm with you. Okay, All
0: we'll right. take a quick, real quick break and we will be right
1: Our sponsor today is Tony and Guy Hairdressing Academy. If you desire to be a leader in this fast-growing cosmetology industry, then contact Tony and Guy Hairdressing Academy in Colorado Springs, Colorado at 719-390-9898. Again, 719-390-9898. Or visit coloradosprings.tonyguy.edu. For more information about Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, Tony and Guy Hairdressing Academy, call 208 Again, that number is 208-930-1276 or visit them at coedalane.tonyguy.edu or visit the Chuck and Deb Show sponsor page for more information.
0: And welcome back. We're so truly grateful and thankful that you've stayed with us. We've got Scott from Rossiter's Harley-Davidson on the line with us. And let's just get right back to it, Scott, where we left off. And actually, we're going to move on to the not where we left off, because you did a good job at putting your military experience uh, and moving into being a general manager there at Rossiter's. And uh, so... The next thing, Deb, why don't you go ahead with that one?
1: Okay, well, we have done several rides together, and actually several long-distance rides, one of them being the Hot Training in Atlanta and our most recent trip to Johnson City, Tennessee. So if you were to give one piece of advice for someone that's planning their first long-distance motorcycle trip, what would that be?
2: Don't let Chuck follow you. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Man, you're uh, you're quick.
2: <laughs> well, no, it's, no, just kidding. It's, it's better than Chuck Deb leading. Are great. <laughs> Chuck and Deborah are both great riders I would follow or lead? let them lead any <laughs> ride. <laughs> Well, we would say
0: likewise to that too, because you've led some great rides. Uh, you know, one of the one, one of my favorites that, I mean, there's several, but one of the favorites that came to my mind today was about the hot training. I know it goes by something different, the hog officer training. Some, it's not that anymore, right? It's hog something. What is it?
2: They've changed it. Uh, I, I want to say wag or something, but okay. it's not. They, they just changed it this year. I missed the training. Six of my officers went and it was good. It, it, they have changed the format a little bit.
0: Okay. okay. But I remember we, we went, it was, we went to hot, that's what it was called and we We went
1: to Hotlanta, right? Hotlanta.
0: And we had had a great ride and a great time there. That was a really good time. And also, you know, of course the ride up into Tennessee, that was great riding. I remember that one uh, road that we were on. I was right behind you and Sherry and we were tearing it up, man. It was a good time.
2: That road was awesome. And I, again, every time I talk about that ride, I got to give kudos to my wife. Uh, I think of the five of us, she was the only passenger she didn't hit me once. Cause it could have been bad if she did. <laughs> oh right. no doubt, she was hanging in there because this this yeah. was
0: no just yeah, uh, this it, was it not just a little scooter ride. ride. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know even Jim Wilder afterwards he said you know I'm done. I think that was what I needed. It's out of my system. And I sort of felt the same way at the time. But you know time passes and who knows what's next.
2: <laughs> yeah. What's the next turn gonna bring? That's
0: it. That's you got it
1: right
2: exactly.
1: Yeah. Well, I love those trips that that test your skills and abilities and you know just kind. Kind of just expand your riding capabilities to kind of get you to the next level as a rider. And I think that we all need to kind of continue to have that challenge on the road.
0: So, you know, I like what you said, you know, about that uh, one piece of advice that you could give on long distance riding. And, you know, I thought for sure you were going to say
2: wear your Rossiter's T-shirt. You know, that that's obviously the correct gear for any ride. Um, there you but- go. I gotta say, a good helmet. Um, yeah. Because a, a good helmet can make or break you on a long ride, and I'll give you a perfect example. The first time I went to Canada with Rick, I bought a full face helmet. About seven or eight hundred miles into it, our first ride, I ended up, you know, taking my helmet off and had blistered my forehead. Oh man! Um, because the helmet didn't fit right. Oh, uh, so I ended up getting a knife in the in the hotel room that night and basically carving out the front of this helmet. And it was a pretty expensive helmet at the time. <laughs> Man. So yeah, everybody, you know, the correct safety gear is paramount, but the correct fitting safety gear is most important. I've since found a different helmet that comes in what they call a long oval because all my friends know. Yes, I've got a big head. (laughs) To get a helmet to fit me was was tough. And there are are companies out there that have a long oval uh, helmet, which fits like a glove for a lot of people. And those that know they have a right fitting helmet know what I'm talking about. Mm
0: -hmm. I think it's really important. And that's one of the things that you guys can help with. If people are coming in looking for helmets, they can get fitted right there the right way at the dealership, correct?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So, If you've got a really big
1: head, come see
2: me. I'll give you the right helmet.
1: (laughs) Well, I think Chuck would probably need a really big round helmet, not oval helmet. So there's the difference.
0: I'll tell you a quick story. I'm trying to make it quick, and it is about me, so I I apologize. I was sitting up in the front seat of my car. My grandmother was in the back, and and she was in the back. She says, son, you have an El Grande head. So that's where I'll (laughs) leave it. So I understand about having a big head.
2: I get it. I get it. Yeah.
1: So, do, so, Scott, do you have any motorcycle trips planned at this time or anything on your bucket list destination-wise that's still out there that you'd like to share with us?
2: Actually, the bucket list would be um, probably got to do Sturgis. we uh, was on my list. Uh, Rick's gone a few times. Uh, I haven't been able to make that trip, but I think I'd like to definitely do Sturgis. Maybe not during Sturgis. I've heard the week before, the week after nice. uh, is the best. Uh, I've been to Daytona several times. But I like, I like the riding more so than the uh, extra extracurriculars.
1: Totally get that. And I know from your riding experience, you would be the kind of rider that would want to ride to Sturgis.
2: True? Oh, absolutely. No, yeah. I, I'll tell you the only time my bike has ever been damaged, that was my 01 Road Glide, was when somebody convinced me to put it in a trailer to take it up north to a bike show. And his bike fell over and hit mine. Oh,
1: man. Oh, well, that's so, a tough one.
2: Minor damage, but just a funny story Still. is that it's never been in a trailer since and it hasn't never been damaged uh, <laughs> until after I sold it, but that's a different story. <laughs> well, what any
0: pl- any uh, trip plan this year? I know that you last year you didn't do a, a bike ride, but you guys went to Italy. Was that last year, right?
2: That was two years ago. Man, time uh, yeah, flies. We did Italy. that was oh my phenomenal. Goodness. Yeah, it was really strange to watch the news. With uh, having been just been in Venice, right. just mm-hmm. seeing Venice underwater in places I was just walking.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That was weird.
0: Yeah, nobody on the streets or anything. So definitely, since you were there, you got to see it firsthand.
2: So anything planned for this year at all? Uh, no, we're actually, um, no, with, with all this going on, we've got a, a vacation. Well, we had a vacation planned for next, end of May, and we were going to go to Las Vegas to see Aerosmith. Oh, cool. So I don't know that that's going to happen. Now, that was our that was our big event for this year was to you know go see Aerosmith, but Just, no no real rides yet um, this year.
1: I got gotcha. you.
0: Well, we still have plenty of time in the know. year. We'll
1: keep our fingers crossed that yep. that'll still be able to so come through in a healthy way a for bit. you guys for sure. So moving on, you have recently, and I mean more recently, probably within the last year, kind what? of <laughs> endeavored on a new. Hobby, I guess you would call it, Chuck?
2: Yeah, competitive
0: uh, weightlifting, isn't it? Oh. Now, was that two well, years ago, too? Because I can't keep track of time too well.
2: <laughs> well, that's my first meet was uh, a year and a half ago. Yeah, this this all came about, well, you mentioned briefly, if anybody that remembers me, when I had my neck brace on after having uh, my surgical fusion of my neck, I couldn't put my hands above my head. So this all, that the weightlifting part started with my friend, Joe Seth, at advanced fitness and performance said, Hey, just all the trainers, the physical therapists gave up on me. They basically said, well, it's, you know, the doctors use this really cool word neuropathy, which means they don't know what that is Mm. um, or how to fix it. So they said, well, we're not insurance isn't paying for physical therapy anymore. That's just the way you're going to be. Your, you know, your arms aren't going to go over your head anymore. Um, My buddy, Joe says, Hey, come see me. The first, day, I went in to see Joe, I couldn't bench press the 45-pound bar. Mm. That's how weak and atrophied and my muscles were just from not being used or anything. So a uh, year or two, let's move forward two years since then, we've been doing cleaning and jerks and snatch and all the Olympic-style lifting, and I did have the pleasure of doing, attempting my first meet, and I think I put, um, yeah, I put a lot of weight over my head for what, you know, from not doing any weight, you know, as it were. Right. right.
1: Right. What a, that took a lot of work, right? Yeah,
0: that did take a lot of work, Scott. A lot of determination, a lot of willpower, a lot of probably pushing through some pain, things like that.
2: Yeah, there's there's still some you know some weak points. I'm still working on. Of course, now that you know everybody shut down LA Fitness, I can't. I usually I usually and the weird part about it is, you know, a lot of people when they work out they hurt. I have to work out or I hurt there something you. with the, the, the neuropathy or whatever. It just if I don't do anything, it, it's very painful for my arms and shoulders.
0: And I remember you told that story a few years ago. It's been a while. And I was pretty amazed at it because it is quite a comeback because you didn't take, you didn't listen to him. You, you didn't, you know, okay, whatever you say, I'm just going to sit back and, and accept it for what it's worth. No, you said, I'm going to do something about it. And you got, you got Joe said he could help you and you took it on and, and you went out there and, and look at you, you're doing well today. And not only that, but you're out lifting. Uh, what, what, How would you
2: put it? Olympic style lifting? Olympic style. Yeah, we're, we're not allowed to call it Olympic weightlifting because the, that's a, a, you know, protected word Olympic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's Olympic style. Or if you say weightlifting, everybody thinks bench press and squats, which oh, I yeah. do that stuff. But it's all in to strengthen to do the Olympic style snatch and clean and jerk. So Edulet as I'm from learning Joe. from Joe. Um, it's not a lot of it's, it is muscular to do these these movements, but it's a, a ton more technique. I mean, you can be the biggest guy in the world. If you don't know how to properly get that bar above your head from the floor, mm. it's going to come down and crush you anyhow. Right.
0: Yeah, it's all about the technique. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not acting like I know, but I get what exactly what you're saying. You know, the proper technique will take you a long way. The strengths sure help you, but you got to have that technique down. That's just incredible. So I was going to ask, did you have... Any meets that are coming up? Well, of course, we're, we're in the I middle know. of this. I keep forgetting we're in the middle of this thing. Were there any awesome. plans of another meet in the well,
2: future? <laughs> there, there was a, um, a meet planned for last year. I was supposed to go to the American Open in Daytona, uh, which is a national meet, which if I qualified, I would have qualified for Worlds. Unfortunately, when I signed up for it, uh, Joe and I agreed I would probably lift on Friday. And because Saturday was our anniversary party last year and it came down to, you know, like two weeks before, Hey, here's your lifting time. And it came down to Saturday and I had to, I had to bail cause I had to oh, be here, Gotcha. but yeah, I was, I was ready, but yep. anyways, it'd be neat to. To qualify one time for worlds, I think in two years it's in Japan. Cool. All right.
0: So you're so going to continue? Yes,
1: yeah, so that's what it sounds like to because me.
0: Because w- we would love to be there. I'd love to go support you. So if any time you know, like I told you before, let's just let us know because I would. I'd enjoy being there. I'd love to watch it. I really sure. would. I'd love to be there. That's if you don't mind having us there. I- I'm not good. I won't get too rowdy in the audience.
2: Why not? That's why I invite
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's open invitation. <laughs> there go. There you go. Well, I knew you I knew wouldn't
0: believe that anyway. But.
1: <laughs> so I, I am certain that during that process, it wasn't just figuring out that you were not go- going to allow that to keep you down. Because I can imagine with that kind of a diagnosis, that would limit you a lot in life. So there had to be, in my mind, a, a lot of thought process and ways to consider reinventing yourself in this method. Would you agree that that's what it took and what kind of mindset or mind shift from hearing that kind of news where you're almost debilitated in life to now what you've created for yourself in this new Scott that was not supposed to be able to do this stuff?
2: Well, I don't know if it was a, um, a mindset or just, I guess, my mind. I just, I wasn't, I've never been a give it up type of person. You know, if you tell me no, I can, let me tell you a different way or, you know, it's, it's I don't know, I don't know what did it besides just that's how I am. When a doctor said, you know, don't come back from physical therapy without pain anymore, I just didn't say, well, it's not about the money. It's because I can't live like this. Mm-hmm. You know, try putting, not putting your hands over your head or putting your arm above your shoulder for any reason. Mm-hmm. Try putting a shirt on exactly uh, without putting your, arm. you know, things you, everybody takes for granted, I couldn't do. So I had to find a different way. And people had told me your body will, your nerves will reroute themselves to make the muscles work. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I went with Joe and we've rerouted some nerves and now all the muscles are working again. I've been in probably the best shape of my life and Since high school, I'd say. That's great.
0: And what was the name of Joe's place again? Advanced Advanced Fitness Fitness Performance.
2: performance. (laughs) He's over off of Ashton.
1: Well, we'll make sure that we give him the great kudos to that and, um, you know, recognize him for the great work that he's done as well. Now, one kind of off-the-beaten-path question, kind of shifting slightly, is do you happen to have a biker name? Because if so, I don't have a clue. (laughs) That's a good question. Nope. Oh, boy. All right, so Mm. that leaves things wide open to get one. Okay.
2: Well, we are Yeah. No, I don't have one, and I don't... um, I'm not the type of person to give myself one, but I don't know. I mean, Nope. Not, not there yet. Not okay. yet. Not well,
1: yet. Well, you've been riding a long time and I think if there was one that was appropriate, someone, someone would have found given it for you yeah. for sure. So we'll just stick with Scott. That's a great name. So we, we are getting, need to
0: wrap up on time here. You know, I, I just want to, some people to know some things about you because I know what it's like sometimes to be uh, the boss. Okay. That's what you are. You sort of, I don't hate to, I hate that term personally, yeah. but be the person that's in charge and be the person that's responsible for making the dealership for what it is and, and being out there. And a lot of, times they don't get to see the true person and i've seen the true person and i just want you to know that i love that person that you've are, that you are because you have always been there for deb and i Always, ever since we met you. You've you've been there for me when we were up in Tennessee. You fixed my part on my bike. I can't remember what it is. It was because the there's been flickering. so many anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, lights. <laughs> the lights flickering. <laughs> I remember it. <laughs> and, and you've just always
0: been there for us. And I just want people to know that you are a fantastic person. You really are. And and, and I saw Deb the other day, and, and and I love what you said earlier about the t shirt. I only you only harass your friends. And that's the same way we feel about you, Scott. We feel that you're a very good friend and we appreciate you very much. And I I think if people got to know know you better they they would you know even love you and they appreciate it mu- yeah. appreciate you as as even more so what i'm just trying to say is scott you're a great person and uh Maybe I've said it too much. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, no, you can never say that too much. But we just want to kind of wrap things up with um, if you would tell everyone again what's coming up with Rossiters. I know that when you're opening, yep, the International Female Ride Day is happening still on May 2nd. So that would be some exciting things. And I am super stoked because we have an all female ride class going on that weekend. So that's how I can participate in the female event. So that's super exciting. But what else can um, everyone expect when Rossiters opens back up? When's it going to be? and kind of kick it off that way.
2: Okay, well, let's see. We are going to open up next Monday, the 27th, regular hours. Service will be back open Tuesday through Saturday. We are going to stay closed on Sundays for a little while. And as far as the... Your event is still on because obviously we can keep you your girls six feet apart. Yep. But as far as the women's ride day, we got to get with a that group that's coming down that's organized that ride, whether they want to postpone. Okay. Um, and I'm sure Terry and Lori are going to work on that, but I don't I don't know for sure if that's still going to happen. Uh, as far as us getting back to our weekly uh, weekend events and bike nights that we were doing, I'd love to say we're going to get back to those as soon as possible, but that again would depend on the governor allowing mass gatherings because that's we get more than 10 people at our event. So
0: that's for that's sure. Um, for sure.
2: <laughs> well, good.
0: Well, we'll just hope for the best. And then uh, we want to encourage our listeners to be sure to go ahead and uh, support rosters when they, when they get open back up and head all out right. there and, and uh, mingle with some other people and, and get involved and let's just get back to where we used to be. I think we're moving in the right direction and hopefully things all turn around for us.
2: Anything you want to leave us with before we go, Scott? Just everybody be safe and come see us and thank you guys for this time uh, Let me talk to your uh, listeners and Uh, you guys.
0: Yep. Well, Well, it's our
1: pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: Yep. We appreciate you, Scott. We'll see you soon. Take care. All right. Take care. You too.
2: See ya.
1: Hi, Rider Coach Deb here. Just wanted to take a quick minute and share with you something that I have found that is a phenomenal safety item that every rider that rides with a helmet will want to have for their own safety and protection on the road. It's called the InView Wireless Brake and Turn Signal Light. It's designed to attach to your helmet, as I mentioned, and it syncs up directly with your brake lights and turn signals so that the car drivers that just seem to miss the signals that we put on will now be able to see it because it's right at eye level on your Helmet. They're designed with ultra bright LEDs. As I mentioned, it is programmable and it works in conjunction with your brake lights and turn signals from the motorcycle. It's very easy to install and simple to use. So if you would like to find out more and get information about the InView, be sure and visit chuckndebshow.com forward slash InView. And in the ordering process, put in coupon code BikerLife. Again, chuckndebshow.com forward slash InView. And utilize coupon code BIKERLIFE to get a great discount on the view.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Hey, that was a fantastic time having Scott on here. We're going to have to get him back, Deb.
1: Yeah, it sounds like he's got a whole plethora of stories. Well, not we only need. that. I mean, there's so he's much. A guy. Yeah,
0: we great Yeah, he does. Talk a, forever. As a, what's it called? A plethora?
1: Plethora. Oh, okay. Were yeah, you a wordsmith today? <laughs> no, just that word. <laughs> it just came to mind.
0: Speaking of wordsmith, we got one coming up here in just a second. But you know what? As a matter of fact, it actually goes hand in hand With Scott, because Scott was featured in Dutch's book... Recently,
1: De- That's right. The Demon's Rising, the story of the Wayward Scout, right. book number one in his Life Behind Bars book series. And he was featured in it. Yeah, I, and well, the way he kind of set it all up, you could almost, if you've been to the dealership you, and you know Scott at all, you can imagine it all playing out exactly yeah, the way it was written. When I,
0: I remember reading it and I can sort of, sort of envision it. So it was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it was fun. So Big Shot Wheeler Dealer, Scott.
1: Yep, you're right, a superstar. All right, let's
0: talk about another Big Shot Wheeler Dealer coming up. And that's Dutch Van Austin. Go ahead and introduce him, Deb. Yep. Yep.
1: As I said, the Dutch brand. is, uh, is going to come to you live today. So Dutch is the author of Demons Rising, the story of Wayward Scout, book number one in his Life Behind Bars book series. But that is not but. all. Yes, because... He is also the author of The Rebellious Youth, The Story of the Lost Child, which is book number two. And guess what? It will be out in the next couple of months. So I know he has been working feverishly with his editor to get everything under wraps so that you can get it out there.
0: So stay tuned for that. But right now, here we have it. It's Dutch Van Austin in raw and unapologetic.
3: Tis I, lover of motorcycles, eater of barbecue ribs, and all around swell guy, speaking to you with my usual co hosts, Eloquence and Grace. And we speak from the basement of the Sound Studios, known as Dutch's Man Cave, located in the penthouse on the Sun Coast of Florida. As stated, I am Dutch Van Alston. I am the author of Demons Rising, the story of the Wayward Scout, book number one in the Life Behind Bars book series. And as always, I am raw and unapologetic. Especially that last part. I am unapologetic. I am speaking to you from the basement because I did not know that this penthouse had a wine cellar, so excuse the echo chamber I'm talking in. Uh, The realtor just told me it was a room with a lot of racks, and I thought it was just like a little kinky playroom, so I never bothered to go down there because... Kinky to me nowadays is knowing her last name, Um, so forgive me, but I came down here to examine it and found a whole bunch of Jack Daniels with dust on it. I've never seen a bottle of whiskey with dust on it. It's interesting. I am also going to be the author of book number two of the Life Behind Bars book series, and that book is much closer. My finger is nearly touching my thumb right now uh, to fruition. It's, It's my very talented copy editor. Joyce Mockery and fellow dog lover is wrapping up all the edits. Grammar and sentence structure aside, she caught a huge glaring mistake that would have been really embarrassing for me. Uh, I had two women in one scene, and I mixed their damn names up. I mean, for me, the guy who wrote it, it's not confusing, but that would have made the dialogue so confusing to somebody just reading the book. Uh, It got by two beta readers and my own editing that I did, I mean, at least 20 times. Another reason why you should never, never edit your own work. Seriously. Even college term papers, anything. to Have somebody read them over. Um, I submitted my book number two of the Life Behind Bar book series cover ideas to my lovely and talented graphic designer, Ms. Jackie Denizoff. I hope I pronounced her name right. If not, she'll probably slap me. Uh, and I'm awaiting her magic on the creation of the cover, and I will share that with you as soon as I get it. Uh, Jackie's a dynamite lady. I really wish my son would find a girl like her. I'm I'm going to do a shameless promotional plug here and read the blurb to my second book because I, I am very proud of it. This is what's going to go on the back. Uh, Jump on for this white knuckle ride and crawl inside the brain of an inscrutable madman. John, Elf Elfman, whirls you through his clouded realm steeped in anger and resentment for the world at large. His undying loyalty to Rebellious Youth Motorcycle Club is challenged constantly by the founder and president, Charles Chuck Force. They constantly battle to undermine one another by searching for secrets they both hide. Chuck attempts to keep the club that he founded at age 19 back in 1968 under the feds' radar. But Elf's impulsive behavior collides with Chuck's desire. Elf old lady Carol is the daughter of a major icon in the biker world. She stands by Elf's side through his chaotic and spiteful spiteful ways, until she doesn't. The ending is something you will not see coming. Is Elf a crazed psychopath, or is he a misunderstood man with ghosts that haunt him? You decide after reading this psychological thriller. Ooh, I even wanna read it, and I'm the one who wrote it. So how's that, kids? Intriguing or a big snooze? I'm hoping the former is true. Uh, As I promised last week, we were covering the origin of biker nicknames, and we will have some comic relief this week. Uh, I chose two of my favorite, and and if I don't get to both, I'll save the other for next week. Uh, The two best names with the corresponding stories, as I said last week, Mad Dog and Magellan. Uh, I'm gonna have Bubbles' sister flip a coin today. Uh, Bubbles' sister Fifi is in town, and I'm telling you, Bubbles got the brains uh, in that family. Uh, Fifi's staying with us, and yesterday I asked her if she wanted me to make her some eggs, and she asked, how could I do that if I wasn't a hen? I mean, it's that bad. I, I-, I thought she was kidding, but she was not. Uh, I explained I would cook the eggs, and asked if she wanted something in them, and she said, just the yolks. I, I kind of let it go after that. Fifi was a, was a cop. Every time she pulled someone over, uh, the person in the car would like toss a shiny ball out the window, and Fifi would just run after it. Uh, and the last time she ran out into traffic, uh, she apparently ran into a hot dog vendor, and the wieners just kind of flew all over. The relish bottle spilled all over a seeing-eye dog that just happened to be going by, and that dog panicked. Uh, yanked her owner into oncoming traffic where he was hit by an ice cream truck sending this poor blind guy into the air he landed in the window washer scaffolding and that tipped uh, the water apparently crashed down and fell on a bunch of nuns walking to church who thought it was holy water from god so they started dancing which caused a whole carload of tourists to uh you know lock up their brakes so they could snap pictures i mean who wouldn't And a sewer truck rear-ended the car, sending the dumpster load of muck all over this crowd that was gathering to listen to the mayor. Um, She was speaking on the need for tax increases and how to pay for new leather chairs at City Hall. So, needless to say, Fifi lost her job and relocated here to Florida. Uh, She had an interview, had a TV newscaster, so they made up a news story to see how she would play on the camera, and um, similar to how to real news acts anyway, they make up stories. Um... The story is about two Brazilian men that died in a fishing accident, and she asked how many were in a Brazilian because it sounded like a large number. So that didn't work out for her either, so she tried Uber for a while, but all she had was a moped, so she received little offers for transportation. So I hired her as Bubbles' assistant for a little while, and I had her fill all the staplers and make sure the outside bird feeders are packed and uh she did get the two confused for a little while but she's she's catching on slowly she's gonna work out fine uh so on to my story flip a coin bubbles any coin uh because coins have two sides no that's a poker chip yeah they have the same side it, you're defeating the purpose i need a coin no that's a spatula i know there's two sides so but it won't work just grab a penny off the shelf a dime will work fine yeah flip it heads i tell about mad dog tails i talk about magellan toss it in the air no 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 don't 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 catch it let it, no, toss it again toss it again and let it land on the floor okay toss it okay what is it what do you mean it's neither it, it's someone's face okay that's a head yes All right, why don't you two put your heads together and go get my beverage for me, all right? Thank you, ladies. So, the story about Mad Dog it is. Now, there are only two reasons to ever, ever end up with that nickname. And in this case, it wasn't that reason, it was the other. Uh, This is the part where, if it was on TV, the screen would get all wavy and that harp music would start playing. I take you back in time to a place far, far away, Corning, New York, Uh, in a different time. Reagan was president. Def Leppard were gods. Uh, I worked at a car wash, and I was no longer a virgin. And I was slim, trim, and full of testosterone. Rome. Uh, I had hair, and I was—I mean, I was devilishly handsome. I would have done me back then. Actually, I, I did several times, starting at age oh, 13, hence why I wasn't a virgin. I was a prospect back then. Uh, yes, it was that long ago. Um, we had four chapters, uh, two above the Mason-Dixon line and two below the Mason-Dixon line. Uh, once a year, all four chapters would meet in a town near Pittsburgh. Uh, that's in Pennsylvania, for those of you who don't know. Out of the four clubs, there was just me and another guy from my chapter that were prospects. None, none, underline that word, none of the other three chapters had, which meant me and the other guy would be doing all the work setting up tents, fetching beers, etc. And however, it only got worse because on our way, uh, the other guy, who, his name was Daryl, he had an old um, iron head. Like late 60s, poorly maintained Ironhead, and and about 100 miles from home and 100 miles to still go, that old Iron took a, well, a brief hiatus for which it did not recover immediately. Uh, Now, most clubs, at least back in my day, uh, had a prospect drive, like a truck, with all the gear and for cases like this. Uh, But these guys traveled light. They just needed a tent, a gun, a knife, uh, no cell phones back then. Um, and the clubhouse we were going to was going to supply all the booze and all the food. So there was no chaser truck on this route. Um, and to Daryl's credit, he really uh, insisted that we go on without him because there is a creed that you never, ever leave a brother behind. And uh, But Daryl, again, in the day of no cell phones, said he, he can make it back on his own. And he did not want the club to miss this event. This was like the biggest event of the year. This is the only time that we got together the four chapters. So I give them them a lot of credit for that. It was a tough call. Uh, It wasn't mine to make because I, too, was just a plebe of a prospect. But uh, they agreed to move on and go to the Brotherhood celebration. So that is what we did. Um, We all rolled in. Everybody knew somebody, and they all greeted each other. And me, I knew um, nobody from any chapter except my own that meant me <laughs> me little old me being the servant to over 100 bikers and their old ladies for the whole weekend now this was also a guy named jim's first party uh, as a full member being a prospect only a week before he's prospecting with me and he got his patch and this was his first party so yay for him um there was an also a brother named skip a, a good old roughneck guy long since dead Uh, He was an officer at the time, treasure or something, I I don't really recall, but he took charge of me that weekend. Uh, He handed me a flashlight with a rope and said, put it around your neck and don't take it off. I mean, again, the 80s, no cell phones. Uh, That way he could spot me anytime. You know, I, I set up tents, I shagged beer, I grabbed plates of food, I kept the bonfire going. I mean, I did it all. It was nonstop and compound that with the fact it was raining. So setting up tents and that mess was a, mm, just a regular nightmare. I almost said the bad word. Uh, Skip was yelling prospect. I mean, every damn minute I handed out more Coors beer that weekend than Burt Reynolds and, uh, damn it. What's his name? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Bubbles. I'm more than Burt Reynolds and Jerry Reed did in that, in that smoking the bandit movie. I mean, just, I, I bring skip a beer and he'd say, Oh, and hand me a bottle opener. I I just twisted it off. I guess that technology was more new than I thought because he apparently didn't know that. And then he'd say, oh, you're such a badass ripping the cap off by your hand. Do it with your teeth. Do it with your teeth. Fortunately, I have an incisor that is pointy and rigid and a gift from God created just for this task. So for the rest of the night, I had open all of Skip's beers with my teeth. Jim, the freshly patched member, super nice guy, he really was, uh, was imbibing in slightly less than quality wine dubbed MD2020. We all know what that is, don't we, John Straubay? That's a friend of mine in high school. Uh, but Jim was pounding down that mad dog all night. He could barely walk, and Skip told me, get him in his tent and get him inside. So mind you, Jim weighed 300 pounds, even though he was five foot four. And me, five foot seven, and a trim of 160 pounds. Oh, them were the days. Trim, handsome, 150, 60 pounds. Ugh. Anyway, so I need his help. So some other guy, I don't even recall who he was. I never met him before that night. He was another member from another chapter. He grabbed one side of Jim and I the other, and we carried him the best we could to his tent. Jim was... I mean, the opposite of the nice. He was just belligerent, pugnacious, and yelling at us. And I can fornicate, do this myself. Now, mind you, it's raining. We get to his tent. Uh, the logistics of bending over to unzip his tent while holding him up proved daunting, to say the least. I said, Jim, we're just going to lean you against this tree for a second. Please, hold tight. He got all, raw, raw, raw. And, and seconds later how face down in the mud Uh, jim had an 80s beard let me tell you like charlie daniels beard i'm like oh jeez so we picked him back up as best we could i mean as quick as we could Uh, and i forgot to unzip the damn tent when i was down there so we got him back on his feet and guess what i had the same problem so i said jim we're just gonna lean you against the tree for a second hold tight we lean him, I bend to unzip the tent. I hear this scream and a thud. I look and, yep, there he is again, face down in the mud. I look up at the other guy who, like I said, was a full patch and he just says, yeah, I know, let's, ju- let's just get him in the tent. So I unzip the tent and we literally rolled this big 300 pound meatball into his tent, mud covered face and all. Uh, The night from there just descended further into hell. It was definitely the 10th through 13th stage that Dante never experienced. Uh, I sat up all night, making certain the bonfire stayed fresh. And, I mean, as the night went on, guys passed out. They went to sleep. They hooked up with women. Me, I played Prometheus all night. Come dawn, which I didn't sleep, the rain was still going a bit. Tents, (laughs) Tents were washed away. And it was like on a hillside, which made it even worse. And, and I'll never forget one guy I mentioned him last week he was the guy that did all the talking when I was surrounded um, <laughs> he was lying in the mud his tent blew away and next to him was a blow up doll yes the image you are forming in your mind right this second is what I mean but to his credit rather than be embarrassed he woke up he brought her to breakfast he would constantly reach over and scoop some eggs in her mouth and call her pudding want some more eggs pudding? Well, I guess that's better than (laughs) admitting what he was doing. Um, But who crawls from his tent with a cake face of mud? He comes to breakfast, and he didn't even try to wipe it off. Most of it was dry and cracked anyway, but he didn't even know it until someone pointed it out. What the fornicate happened to you? So Jim reached up and said the same thing. What the fornicate happened Skip got a little mad at me, but he couldn't help but laugh. He said, that mad dog will get you. Hence the name. And he stuck for the next 30 years. Okay, time, time. Oh, jeez, Louise. Thanks for keeping my time down, Bubbles. Uh, I'm definitely not going to remember the time for Magellan, which is an even funnier story, if I can present it properly. Because uh, some of it's visual. and I'll do my best. I will. Um... I always do my best. After all, I was a Boy Scout, so no I wasn't. Perfect time to end this, I'm gonna call it a day. Don't forget to hit like on my Life Behind Bars book series Facebook page. Visit my website, www.dutchvanalston.com. Take a look at my book, Uh, sign up for my newsletter. Please hit like on Biker Life Radio, and also hit like on Chuck and Deb's show, because they are two different pages. So until next week, folks, remember the eight stages of dating a crazy chick. One, she's cute. Two, she's funny. Three, well, she's funny mean. Four, wait, she's actually pissed. Five, please send help. Six, I think I might literally die today. Seven, my bike is on fire. Eight, well, I'll be you made me supper and some hot cocoa. But gentlemen, be careful of stages four through seven. But if you survive, the world is your kingdom for at least a night or two. And from my lifetime lead paint chip eating brain to your ears, this is Yabba Dabba Dutch
0: signing off. Hi, this is Chuck with the Chuck and Deb Show. If you'd like to be a sponsor on our show, please contact us at 216-7625. That's 216-7625. Rock. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.
1: Welcome back. So glad to have everybody still with us. So Dutch kind of like called. I felt almost called me out. Called us out. I'll be the. Oh collective. come on.
0: Don't take it personally. He said his beta readers. Okay. So apparently you beta readers missed something in his book, which was very important. Apparently there's two names that got. Uh, Swapped, swapped is what it sounded like to me what we just heard
1: yeah so uh
0: but hey that's something easy probably for him I mean he read it and he didn't see it and get it at the beginning either right and so that's why he pays an editor
1: correct to yeah catch absolutely. these things. to catch those things so. and that, that means
0: somebody she was like that's that she must be v- a very very detailed editor that she could catch that and she didn't have to keep up with the story and read the story and follow it and all that kind of thing to know the characters.
1: Right. From absolutely. one thing
0: to another. So beta readers are one thing I can imagine because we're just normal. Well, in this case, everyday Re- readers.
1: Regular old people. Or yeah. you,
0: you are anyway. I'm not a beta reader. I'm a beta fa- failure
1: No, (laughs) you you did kind of fail on that task, but that's okay. Hey, you know what? I enjoyed it. And and I'm the big reader between the two of us. So it was really more of my task anyway, but it was a good, it was, I can't believe I missed that because I seemed like I caught a lot of details and I tried to figure out the storyline for me. So that was a lot of what I was doing was connecting all the dots through the story. And that's interesting that I missed that, but you know, nonetheless,
0: we're human. And that was an interesting story. Dutch always has interesting stories from his app. Past MC days, and yeah. uh, the the one from the previous week was real good as well. So, uh, you know, it's nice to have him on the show and share his pers- perspective
1: on things. Absolutely right. It's and, a, uh, a level, a, a type of writing that you don't always get the opportunity to see behind.
0: It's like his first book; you get an inside view.
1: Yes, that's right. Then you right. start
0: watching your back. <laughs>
1: Well, we got out and were able to do a little bit of riding this weekend too. So I was excited about that. I think we yep. This last weekend, I apologize. So I, you know, I was excited. I, you both and I, we both looked at each other and said, "Okay, time for wind therapy. We need a break and we need to get out of here." And we did. And you said we went almost 120 miles. It was a long, good ride. We didn't put the cook stands down once. Nope. And um, but we went by a lot of very common stopping places for motorcyclists, and it was. A little sad because they were totally vacant spots, except for a few of them. And there were lots of motorcyclists milling around in some spots. So it was interesting, although we didn't stop. But, you know, there are places that I would normally stop and relax for a little bit, unwind for a minute or two and... It was completely closed up. Nobody there, no bikes, yep. nothing. All the biker
0: bars were closed that we passed by. Actually, Deb, I don't know if you knew this, but I was just riding. I didn't have any destination in mind whatsoever. So you talked about Bobby 1-3 Bobby and his ride to nowhere. That's basically the way this ride was. It was a ride to nowhere. All I did is I put a mileage on it. I said, okay, I'm going to go 50 miles this direction. So we were heading, and I said, I'm going to go you know, basically south. Even though we didn't go south, we went south and then south uh, then east. we went east right. and then I said well, I'm going to put 50 miles on it and I kept looking for roads just to turn off on to see what would happen and we got a couple of those and then one road <laughs> led us back to the road that we got off on right? Uh, but you know it, that was my whole idea is I just wanted to go explore and I didn't care where we went where we sh- showed up or anything like that this was just a time to ride and let the bike take me where it wanted to go let the road take me to where it wanted to go and so I just put those miles on it and And I I knew that I want, like I said, I just wanted to get off the main roads. And so when we were going up to Arcadia, right, that was Arcadia we were going into, and I took that left. Yes. That was – Oh man, I keep oh I can never remember these numbers. Anyway, so we went up through there, and and so it worked out really really good. What was interesting is when we went to cross sixty four, and I don't,
1: that was six sixty three and sixty four, I think six seventy four. I think we ended up on as well okay. too. So and there got, was
0: a gas station there that apparently was open, and there were tons of bikers. There were. I mean, I'm going to tell you there were probably fifty bikers that are out in the parking lot, and I you could sort of tell that they probably were not all together. There were just different Several, groups.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Clusters of groups. Yep. And you could see them kind of pocketed together in the group that they, and there were maybe five, 10 at at a group and that was about max. So.
0: Yeah. So it was interesting to see. I, I thought about it after I went by, I said, I should have pulled my camera out, but I said, I'm not working. I'm just riding. I just wanted to ride and we just had a great time and we did. And we went over a hundred. So I didn't do exactly right on the way home. I said, well, let me deviate some more. Let's go back. Let's go up North and then let's go out West and then let's come back down South.
1: And so it was just a nice ride. I thought, you want to have any input? It was an excellent ride. And I we didn't. We talked. I talked about where I thought maybe we could go, and you didn't really no, talk about it. No, I blew that much. out of the water. absolutely right. And, you know, you just started leading, and I just followed, and it yep. was a great ride. And we ride. called it a. Did you check the counties? Four counties. Did you at check? At least it? four counties. I, no, I didn't double check it, but okay. it's either four or five counties that four, we crossed Four into county and ride. Out yeah. of, yep. Yeah. So it was a great four county, five county ride.
0: It was well worth it. Needed to get out yes. at big time. Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm sure you all can understand that. So... Where do we go? We're going to wrap things up, Deb?
1: Yep, we have got to wrap things up, but we are so thankful and grateful that you have been with us today. And we hope that you've enjoyed the show. Just again, a little sneak peek about what businesses are experiencing out there with the the onset of this COVID-19. So, you know, thank you, Scott, for being on. Like an inside view. like an Yeah. Absolutely. It was really good
0: to see that. I appreciate Scott sharing all that information, being very uh, transparent with us.
1: Yes. Very open. Open to, to discussing kind of what's some of those experiences yeah. have been in the store. Scott is a
0: good guy. There's no doubt in my mind.
1: Yes, absolutely. So be sure to I, follow I us on Biker Life Radio and the Chuck show.com. Please like, share, and subscribe so that you do not miss a show or episode. We absolutely love having you as our listeners. All right. Find true freedom.
0: Ride hard, ride free, and tune in next week. Take care, everybody. See you again soon. You've been listening to Biker Life Radio with Chuck and Deb. Heard each Wednesday afternoon right here on 1490 AM, WWPR. We thank you for listening and invite you to join us next week.
1: Hi, Rider Coach Deb here. Just wanted to take a quick minute and share with you something that I have found that is a phenomenal safety item that every rider that rides with a helmet will want to have for their own safety and protection on the road. It's called the InView Wireless Brake and Turn Signal Light. It's designed to attach to your helmet, as I mentioned, and it syncs up directly with your brake lights and turn signals so that the car drivers that just seem to miss the signals that we put on will now be able to see it because it's right at eye level on your Helmet. They're designed with ultra bright LEDs. As I mentioned, it is programmable and it works in conjunction with your brake lights and turn signals from the motorcycle. It's very easy to install and simple to use. So if you would like to find out more and get information about the InView, be sure and visit chuckndebshow.com forward slash InView. And in the ordering process, put in coupon code BikerLife. Again, chuckndebshow.com forward slash InView and utilize coupon code BIKERLIFE to get a great discount on the in-view.
0: Tony and Guy Hairdressing Academy, where hairdressing is our passion. Your spotlight experience begins with a hands-on, learn by doing approach, a true salon experience. We create entrepreneurial hairdressers with endless opportunities. Financial aid available for those who qualify. Got a creative flair, a passion for people, a desire to be a leader in the fashion industry? Then call Artonian Guy Hairdressing Academy in Colorado Springs, Colorado at 719-390-9898 Again that number is 719-390-9898 or visit www.coloradosprings.tonaguy.edu